In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day. It's Father Tom and Anthony today. Hope you're having a good day. The Lord loves you, and he has plans for your life. This is real. We're reading today from the 10th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. In Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort. Now, was Cornelius Italian? I don't know, but he was of the Italian cohort. Remember, Rome ruled the world at this time, as it was called. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed constantly to God. Not only did he pray, but he gave money to the people. We're going to hear what that means in a couple of more verses. Like, does your money go up to heaven as a call for mercy? Or you just say, well, I pray all the day. It's not only prayer, it's prayer and alms. Listen to this. One afternoon, about three o'clock, Cornelius had a vision in which he clearly saw an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. He stared at the angel in terror and said, What is it, Lord? He answered, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Not only his prayers, but his alms ascended to God as a memorial. We need to know that we need to do things with our money that only we can do. You say, but I'm poor. Well, you end up poor also because you don't give. But I can just about pay my bills. Give anyway. Give anyway. Because your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa for a certain Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. This is interesting because a tanner and tanning was not kosher. And Peter is with the place that's not kosher. This is real. What do we see happening? That the Gentiles are going to come and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Simon the tanner. Again, tanning was not kosher. And yet Simon Peter was staying in Joppa at this man's house who was a tanner. Let's continue. When the angel who spoke to him had left, he called two of his slaves 
and a devout soldier from the ranks of those who served him, and after telling them everything, he sent them to Joppa. He sent them to Joppa because he wants Peter to come to his house. Let's continue. About noon the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet coming down, being lowered to the ground in four corners. In it were kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard a voice saying, Peter, get up, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, I have never eaten anything that is unkosher, that is profane and unclean. The voice said to him again a second time, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times, and the thing was suddenly taken up to heaven. You see, God is after the Gentiles, because they are considered to be dogs by the Jews. We remember the woman of Syrophoenicia. She wanted healing for her daughter, and Jesus said, it's not good for me to give the healing and deliverance to you. You are just dogs. And the woman said, even the dog eats the crumbs from the children's table. And with that, Jesus said, I've never seen such faith in Israel. So we see that it's our faith in Jesus that pleases him. It's our knowledge and understanding who Jesus is, that Jesus, he gives us our healing. He gives us our deliverance. He gives us our freedom. And we come to Jesus in a posture of humility and love, knowing that God is everything. We are nothing. And we, and we come to Jesus with expectant faith that he will do something far greater than we can add, think, or imagine. The reason why it's so important what we do with our money to Jesus, because it's not an issue of money, it's an issue of the heart. But, you know, our money takes a lot of room in our heart sometimes. And when we give alms to God, it does two things. It makes our relationship with money holy, and it makes it righteous, and it makes it ordered. That money doesn't have a hold on us. Only God has a hold on us, and we're not bound by money. We're just servile to Jesus, and whatever he wants us to do with our finances, we do. And poverty is a spirit. So it's a spirit of lack a lot of times it's in us. And when we give and we give and we give that spirit of lack over our life, that spirit of poverty is broken in Jesus' name and we get interior freedom and then that reflects in our life. Because whatever we have going on in our interior life, it manifests in our physical life. 
So when we give in these chain and we give alms and to God and these chains are broken and these unholy attachments to money are broken, then we begin to understand that we are have a good father, you have a good father, and we are just as children. And as we do what the Lord commands us to do, and when we obey these spiritual principles which God puts forth in his word of God for our benefit, and we just do what God commands us to do, then he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and graces in Christ Jesus. You know, the Lord knows exactly what we need and he wants to give it to us. But we just need to do our part. And it's that simple. You know, we give our first fruits 10% to the Lord and he blesses the other 90%. So, and then, but even better, he purifies our hearts. So we only serve God. We don't serve mammon. And we just let God be our provider. We don't rely on our own power anymore. Because on our own power, we get stuck. But when we operate solely off the power of God, we get we go forward. God's promises come to pass. His divine life reigns true. This isn't just money. It has to do with healing. It has to do with prayer. When 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 we are praying for people, if we're trying to pray for people or trying to generate a healing, nothing happens. But when we just say, "Come, Holy Spirit," and we let the Spirit operate through us. Then the spirit through us begins to do miracles. I remember being uh, at Father Power's grave uh, years ago, and there was a young man who came to visit me from another state, and he had a music ministry. And he was telling me he wasn't able to pay his bills because he didn't have enough people to perform with or for. And... Uh, I said, do you tithe your money? He laughed at me. He said, tithe my money? I haven't got enough money now to pay my bills. I said, the Lord says, if you tithe your money, he'll open the windows of heaven and he'll give you everything you need. Well, you know what? He started to do it. And as he did it, he got more and more people asking him to come and perform. You see, it was hard for me to say to him, you tithe your money because he couldn't pay his bills. But I felt that this is what God wanted to say. And he called me up and said, I have more people that I go and minister to because I began to tithe my money. This is real. This is real. Now, while Peter was greatly puzzled about what to make of the vision that he had seen, suddenly men sent from Cornelius appeared. They were asking for Simon, Simon's house and were standing by the gate. They called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Look, three men are searching for you. Now get up and go down and go with them without hesitation, for I have sent them. What do you think is going to happen? You see, he saw the unkosher animals, 
the Lord says to eat. Now these people are unkosher, and they want Peter, Simon Peter, to come to their house and preach the word of God. Now Simon will have to do it because he just saw the vision. The vision didn't take place that really to eat unclean animals. It was taking place to welcome the Cornelius's house. So Peter went down with the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? They answered, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So Peter invited them in and gave them lodging. The next day he got up and went with them, and some of the believers from Joppa accompanied him. The following day they came to Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and his close friends. Cornelius wants him to speak about the preaching that he was preaching. And you know, Peter has to do it because of the vision. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. You know, it's only a couple chapters before in the Acts where the Lord gives us his promise that he, want, he wants to communicate with us through dreams, through vision, through this intimate, this intimate knowledge of him, through the ministry of angels. The Lord is always, just like he was communicating with this with this man he's always trying to communicate towards us and we just want to be sensitive to his spirit we want to have a sensitivity to the lord to to see what he's trying to do in our life because jesus he's always trying to do something new for you he's always trying to move you from glory to glory he's always trying to move his will on earth through you He's always trying to give you freedom, Jesus is. Jesus wants to take you from glory to glory. Jesus wants to be your best friend. And best friends share secrets with one another. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we know Jesus. Through Jesus, we know, we know the Father. And God's will, God's will, not only for your life, but for this world, wants to be carried forth. And you need to draw from the spiritual realm. We don't all only want to just see with our carnal mind, only see with what's in front of us. All these experiences in the Bible, these people, they're drawing from the spiritual realm. The unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. This, the, what we see is just a manifestation of what's going on in the spiritual realm. So, Lord, we pray right now that everyone's spiritual eyes will open to see to see the to see the majesty of the of the of your wonder that our ears pop open so that we can hear, Lord, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and we can have this intimate relationship 
as these people in the Bible do, because that's what God's destiny is for you today. But you want to pray and ask God to be sensitive to his spirit. As we are sensitive to his spirit, then we begin to walk in the, this divine ascended life that the Lord has for you in mind when he created you. On Peter's arrival, Cornelius met him and falling at his feet, worshipped him. But Peter made him get up, saying, Stand up, I am only a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found that many had assembled. Remember, he, relatives and friends Cornelius filled his house with. He went in and found that many had assembled, and he said to them, you yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate and visit with a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. How did he show him? Through the vision. Through the vision. We need visions. I see in front of eyeglass, eyeglass places Vision Center. I said, that's what the church should have on the walls. Vision Center. That we are visionary. We think about St. Joseph. He did not speak one word in the Gospels. But he had visions and dreams. And God spoke to him through visions and dreams. You see, this is so important. But I'm just normal. Well, I'm just normal, too, by the grace of God. But you see, what it means to be normal means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's not normal. That's real. That's not normal. That's great. It's all about God. It's not about us. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, Four days ago, at this very hour, at three o'clock, I was praying in my house when suddenly a man in dazzling clothes stood before me. He said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your arms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon the Tanner by the sea. Therefore, I went, I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. So now all of us are here in the presence of God to listen to all that the Lord has commanded you to say. You see, they want to hear the gospel. And I'm going to tell you, people are hungry. If we don't preach the gospel, they're going to go get another gospel which will lead them to hell. If we don't preach the gospel, and the word that we have for the name of the broadcast, in season and out of season, when convenient and inconvenient, and people will be listening with itching ears to suit their own lives. We don't want to scratch our ears. We want our hearts to be permeated by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to have 
tickling ears. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to tell you that God desires that you be a surrendered man of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, that you be a surrendered woman of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants for you. That's what he has for you. Filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with all the gifts of heaven, filled with the power of heaven, filled with the ability to bind and loose from heaven that you bring heaven upon earth, filled with the power to bring people into the kingdom of God, into the Lord, to do miracles, to work wonders, to walk in boldness, to have freedom, to have joy, to have peace, to be filled with the love of God, which breaks every spirit of fear, that people look in your eyes and they see you fully alive in the Holy Spirit, radiating the power of God, radiating the goodness of God. You know, God, Jesus has given you such an inheritance on this earth. Jesus doesn't want just part of you. He doesn't want 80% of you. He doesn't want 99% of you. He wants all of you. Jesus wants all of you. He wants all of your life. He wants to display his power and wonder and freedom through you. He wants to fill you with wells and wells of heaven. But you got to surrender to him. You got to give everything over to him. You got to give your finances to Jesus. You need to give your anxiety to Jesus. You need to give your family to Jesus. The more attachments and things we're holding on to of this world, the more bound we are. You know, we go, when we die, we go before heaven, we go through purgatory and we are, have to be purged of all, every, all attachments to this world. Because when we're attached to things of this world, we cannot be attached to these heavenly realities. Now, we're not called to live like monks where they, they go and they, you know, they separate themselves from the world. So it's easy for them to enter into this divine reality. But we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Our minds are called to be renewed. We're not called to be earthly minded. We're called to be heavenly minded, to keep our eyes gazed upon the Father so that heaven flows in us and through us so that every person we come across is touched by the power of God. Jesus is a God of expansion and he wants to expand your life day by day. Who knows that Jesus... We, he gives us the Holy Spirit who is a comforter, but he's not a God of comfort. God wants to constantly take you out of your comfort zone. Because as we become more uncomfortable, that's how we grow. It's like growth pains. Sometimes we have little pains because God is constantly trying to stretch us. He's trying to grow us. He wants to grow our spirit, man. You know, our spirit man, it's in our belly. And we don't want a spirit man the size of a raisin. We want a spirit man the, the size of the sun, where we are able to receive all the heavenly realities, all the heavenly gifts, that our spirit permeates over our flesh. Our spirit, we're controlled not by our lower fleshly nature and our desires and our passions. No, no. God created you because he wants you to be controlled by the things of the spirit, the things of heaven. 
And when when you are controlled by heavenly realities, you know what happens? Suddenly everything averse, it becomes pretty boring. You know, I used to be obsessed with sports and culture and, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I watch the Celtics and I go to the Celtics game and I like I like it. But now all these things of the earth, it's boring to me. Even politics, boring. You know, it's a little exciting because, you know, we know that we want God's government instituted on this earth. But what's exciting to me now is heavenly realities. It's the things of heaven. It's healing. It's miracles. It's the angelic realm. It's watching God's kingdom come to pass. Jesus, he didn't come to install a government. He came to install a kingdom upon this earth. And in this kingdom, he has named you not only ambassador, but a king to bind and lose. So get obsessed with heaven and the things of heaven, and you'll come right into your divine life, which is way more exciting than anything we are living in now. Your divine life. Oh, yes. That's the life that happened at baptism. We are temples of God. We are temples of God. Do you know that you are a temple of God today? Yesterday, Anthony preached, and what left me was I'm a temple of God. I'm a temple of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I knew that, but that was a new word again last night that I am a temple of the Lord. What about you? Are you a temple of God today? Do you give your life to Jesus? Has he spoken to you through his word? Well, tomorrow we'll be finishing the 10th chapter of Acts, and I ask you to read Acts 10 as your home lesson tonight. Read the whole of Acts 10. I know some people do it, but I know a lot of people don't. But Acts, the 10th chapter, and you'll see what happens when Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.